Welcome back to the Bravo Dog Knowledge Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Erdman. I'm a certified dog trainer and behavior consultant. I'm in North Vancouver, BC, and I own bravodog.ca. So today we're going to talk about, or rather, I'm going to ask you the question, what kind of relationship do you want with your dog? You're probably shaking your head thinking, what is she talking about? What kind of relationship do I want with my dog? I want a good relationship with my dog. Well, that goes without saying. And we get dogs because for most of us, we want a companion. We consider them family members and we want to enjoy our life with them. So for those of us that have done that, this question may seem kind of silly. Well, you want a good relationship. That's not exactly what I'm getting at. So we've discussed in previous episodes how the approach you use with your dog can affect their welfare and their well-being. It also can affect your relationship with them and how they view you. Now, I'm not a parent, but I have heard from plenty of parents that there are some similarities in modern day parenting and that using certain methods with children can affect the relationship with the parents as well, which that makes sense to me. So if you want a great relationship with your dog, the first thing that I'm going to advise for you is to look at them as an individual. So they're not the previous dog that you had. They're not like your neighbor's dog. They are an individual They are their own dog. That means they have their own likes and dislikes. They've got their own genetic makeup, their own history. Um, They may have even been bred for a certain purpose, depending on the breed type. So they are a unique individual. Looking at your dog as an individual will help you better understand them. Um, Comparison is probably the worst thing that you can do when you're looking at any kind of organism because every organism has a makeup completely unique to themselves. And good, bad, or ugly, I think we should embrace those unique differences with our dogs and with all organisms. Now, it's up to you to do some digging and observation to find out what is it that your dog as an individual likes and dislikes. Um, It's not what you want them to like or dislike, but what they actually like and dislike. That also includes things that they're fearful of, things that they have had bad experiences with, and identifying those things. Once you've identified those things, it's up to you to make them better for your dog so that they have improved quality of life or avoid triggering them and exposing them to those things uh, if you're not going to be doing any kind of work with them to make them feel better because that's just not kind. So that's going to be up to you to find out what that is and you probably already have a list in your head of things that your dog doesn't like. Um, So if you can avoid Uh, triggering them by exposing them without doing any kind of uh, training or behavior modification, that's fine. You can avoid it. Um, But if it's unavoidable, then it's up to you. It's your responsibility to make it better for them because you've brought them into your life. Now, those things that they actually really like, then 
that's great. You've got a list of things that they like. Um, they should be able to enjoy those things and you can easily incorporate them into your training exercises with them or mental stimulation. Um, so be generous if you want to use things that they like in their as training uh, reinforcers, then do so or give them treats for being cute too. That's totally fine. <laughs> I definitely approve. If you've listened to any of my previous episodes, you will understand that dogs make associations. Um, they, they live in a world where they make a lot of associations and things are either safe or not safe. Um, as an animal, those things are really important for them to navigate the world. So if you are in those situations with your dog where unpleasant things are happening, they're also going to associate you with those unpleasant things. So that's another reason why training methods do matter so much is because your dog is going to associate those methods with you, like it or not. You're at the other end of the leash. Um, you are training with them, then they are going to associate that with you. Now, this directly affects your relationship because do you, or I'm asking you, do you want your dog to have a negative association with you? Do you want them to fear you? I would say 99, I hope 99% of people would say no, they don't want their dog to fear them or have negative associations with them. Um, so if you don't want that, then the approach that you use when you're teaching them, when you are training them, when you are responding to their behavior matters very much. I hear this statement a lot. I want my dog to respect me. Well, dogs don't have the concept of respect. What we're often seeing when somebody says their dog respects them is that their dog fears them. If you want that kind of relationship with your dog, hey, that's up to you. I don't promote that kind of a relationship myself. I don't think it's healthy uh, for anyone or any dog. But respect is just not a concept that dogs understand. Um, I think also that we have to mutually respect each other if respect was a concept that dogs understood. Again, if you've brought a dog into your home, uh, hopefully you're treating them as a family member and a companion. And I would treat a friend or family member uh, as well as I possibly could. I would be patient with them and I would treat them with kindness and empathy. I would not want them to feel uncomfortable in situations, feel stressed or anxious. So I will do the very best I can to make all of those things better for them. You want your dog to trust you above all, because if you, as I mentioned before, are putting them in situations or even present in situations where bad things are happening, scary things are happening, they're being forced to do things, it will deteriorate. Your relationship will deteriorate. And sometimes that comes in the result or comes in the form of um, clients may tell me, my dog doesn't listen to me. My dog just ignores me. Uh, my dog... Uh, doesn't respond to training with me. Um, and that can be the effect right there is that the dog doesn't want to participate or engage with the person. So sometimes it's kind of subtle. Uh, and the human mistakes that as a dog that is quote unquote stubborn, which there are no stubborn dogs. There are dogs that are not motivated. Um, and motivation can can be fear. So 
keep that in the back of your mind when you are thinking about the relationship that you have with your dog. Um, And sometimes the relationship that your dog has had previously before you maybe acquired them, if you adopted, can affect um, how they think about you too. So that, uh, that can be something that we can make better. You know, it takes time and it takes you having a consistent response when you're working with your dog, spending time with your dog, that nothing scary is happening and only positive things are happening. Good things are happening. Another term I hear used a lot is boundaries. So we have to create boundaries for our dog. So what is a boundary exactly? It's quite vague. It can be interpreted lots of different ways. And it also leads me to believe that if a boundary is passed, that it will be enforced somehow. And that doesn't sound like it's enforced in a happy way. Um, So a boundary could be material, it could be physical, mental, or emotional. We don't know. Um, So I would say what you want to create for your dog are consistent patterns. So, um, you know, if if you want to consider... Uh, no dog on the brand new chair that you just bought uh, setting boundaries. Okay, well, you better teach your dog then that it's more beneficial to go on the dog bed beside that nice chair. That's what you need to do. So I don't love the term setting boundaries um, or the concept. I think we need to decide what behaviors our dogs, we would like for them to do. Um, I hope that they would be beneficial for your dog to do as well. And that it's highly reinforcing for them to do what it is that you want them to do. Because a lot of times they don't want to do it. (laughs) So... That is, uh, uh, to me, a better way to look at a relationship with animals in our lives is that we are setting up contingencies and we are setting up training situations uh, that we can reinforce that benefit both the learner and the teacher. And don't forget, you guys, there is no hierarchy between dogs and humans in the household, so you don't have to worry about that. There's no alpha dog. That's been disproven many years ago. Uh, So you don't have to worry about those old myths. Uh, And if somebody tells you that they exist, you might want to get advice from somebody else. It's also a really um, negative way to look at a relationship with the companion that you brought into your home. So... It's a short one this week, you guys. I just had a couple of musings that I wanted to share with you. I hope that you enjoyed it. And we've got a great podcast coming up uh, not too long after this one. So join us again and find us on Instagram at Bravo Dog Training.